Hi guys, it's Sully Dog, reviews editor for Escape Pod. I know we've been a bit lean on reviews lately. Ready for my excuse? You know what they say, everybody's got one. In my case, it's because I've been doing my homework. Every 10 years, an emergency physician has to sit for the boards to be recertified, and my 10 years were up last Friday. I've been up to my axillae and long forgotten minutiae about dengue fever, pot's puffy tumor, and various other sneezes, wheezes, and weird diseases. Now that that's all over with, we're going to pick up the pace again. But in case some of you weren't aware of it yet, you do have the option to help us out in the reviews department. Escape Pod is always looking for review submissions. In fact, we have a guest review coming up in just a few days. So, let me take this opportunity to once again invite you all to go to our website, escapepod.org, and have a look at our review guidelines. Then, go read a book, watch a vid, or play a video game, and submit your review. We'll be looking for it. So, with all that out of the way, it's time for the review. Looking at the previews for Renaissance, or checking out its slick website, You'd think this animated French import was a must-see picture for any science fiction fan. The hook is the movie's remarkable visual style. Renaissance is a police procedural set in mid-21st century Paris, animated with a stark black-and-white motion capture technique that instantly reminds one of last year's stunning cinematic adaptation of Sin City. Moreover, the promotional materials for Renaissance make it clear that the movie has attempted to move beyond mere visual appeal by tackling a complex storyline and a challenging take on the explosion in biotechnology and life extension research. The setup is intriguing, but it quickly falls apart. The action takes place in Paris in 2054. The Avalon Corporation controls market share in the lucrative longevity business. Two things about that. First of all, we never see any really old people in this future, with the exception of an aged Japanese scientist, a longevity scientist, mind you. He sits rotting in a nursing home like any other unwanted senior, and garners expressions of amazement for being an unbelievable 94 years old. Wow. And second, Avalon, Paris, and the whole EU are all in a twist because Avalon's most promising scientist, Ilona, has been kidnapped. And get this, she's all of 22. I can only conclude that the filmmakers have some curious ideas about age, corporate R&D, and the science and business of longevity. The kidnapping case falls to Captain Karas, a sort of French Dirty Harry. You know the type. A shoot-first-ask-questions-later maverick, always breaking the rules, a man alone, the kind of cop who can go for days without sleep, powered only by his steely determination, chiseled good looks, and, presumably, occasional infusions of coffee and croissant. Like most fictional cops of his species, he had his personality surgically removed right after he got out of plainclothes. Karas quickly becomes romantically entangled with Ilona's sister as he <clears throat> dives into the case, but not in a way that actually makes you care about either one of them. Karas's investigation takes him through what might have been some powerful and affecting plot twists. Corporate skullduggery, his own boyhood trauma, Avalon's unethical research on prematurely aging children, 
a sleazy Russian bartender, political corruption, bad guys with invisibility suits. It's sort of a French cyberpunk cliché festival. Even in French science fiction, or as I prefer to call it, freedom fiction, you've got to have action set pieces, car chases, corporate boogeymen, and a twisty ending that doesn't really mean anything. And, of course, in any movie about cops, the scene where the maverick hero has to churn in his gun and his badge is just de rigueur. I have to think the movie was at least a little better in the original French. The producers put together a dream team for the English language version. Daniel Craig, the man everybody loves to hate as the forthcoming reincarnation of James Bond, brings to his role a certain disconnected woodenness that makes you think that he just doesn't care and you shouldn't either. I can't speak to his Bond, but Craig is a decent actor, and his stilted performance here is a disappointment. Jonathan Price is an old favorite of mine, but as the evil corporate overlord of Avalon, he spends too much time cackling maniacally to be taken even half seriously. Ian Holm, as a former Avalon scientist who carries old regrets and terrible secrets like the weight of the world, comes closest to hitting the mark. But even this great performer can't get us to invest any real interest in what's going on. Yes, the movie is visually appealing, but that's just not enough. And the subject matter, with this examination of the bioethics of human research and the implications of greatly expanded human lifespan, had tremendous potential. But that's not enough either. Sooner or later, you have to engage the audience emotionally. Renaissance fails to connect. Stilted performances, arthritic pacing, formulaic plot, and an overwrought and intrusive soundtrack ensure that by the last languid act we are painfully aware that we are watching a cartoon in the most arid and schematic sense of the word. It's been a dry season for cinematic SF, but I can't recommend Renaissance even for its remarkable technique. If you're hard up, you can probably check it out at your local art house cinema, but don't say I didn't warn you. It's a good bet your time will be better spent with the new season of Battlestar Galactica. This is Jonathan Sullivan for Stan.